Well, hello, everyone. It is time for announcements here at the Vineyard. There's really only a couple of announcements, uh, but there is a big one. Uh, our annual Fall Fest is going to be October 27th uh, from 5.30 to about 8 o'clock here at the church. And that is a great community event. The air conditioning is on. There's no mosquitoes. Both of those should be enough to convince you to take your kids here. But other than that, there's some really cool bounce houses. We give away candy to all the kids. Uh, there's an awesome concert. Not that I'm biased or anything. But we always have a really great time. So uh, plan on joining us for that. And two things about that event. Uh, we need lots of candy. Uh, we've ordered a bunch as a church. We're providing a lot. But um, we always need a little extra candy. Uh, you know, some of those name brand candies you see uh, at the stores. Hey, pick some of those up and bring them to us for that event. If you want to take one or two Twix off the top, that's fine. Uh, just leave what you donate, you know, in the bag still, prepackaged, right? Because that would be great. Ants are bad. Candy's good. So bring candy for us, please, anytime uh, before that event. Also, we need volunteers to make that event successful. So if you can join us, please help us out. You can sign up to volunteer on our app, and on the website. Uh, speaking of the app, make sure you have that app too. It's a great way to stay connected to our church. You'll find out more information about our Fall Fest, all that good stuff. Uh, there is an event in November. Uh, we're doing another Heaven City Limits. That was with uh, Pastor Billy and Pastor Angie and our worship team. Uh, we have a night of worship and prayer. Uh, the next one's scheduled for November 9th, I believe. Uh, that'll be at 6.30. It's a Thursday evening here at the church. If I have that date wrong, I apologize, but I think that's it. Yeah, with all of that said, download that app, bring us some candy, and let's get ready for church. Woo! Hey everybody online, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop in. I'm so glad you could be here to worship uh, with us. We've had a great time this morning. Continuing on in our series called Kingdom Revealed. Going to do a little review of Genesis 1 and get ready for Genesis 2. So uh, get ready, get your Bibles, get a coffee, get comfortable because here we go. Woo! <laughs> Good morning, family. It is wonderful to see you all and hear your voices. We're looking forward to spending time with you in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do. In case you don't know the flow, we will start things off with communion. Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss them off to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve we are in part two of Kingdom Revealed. Kingdom Revealed. Thank you. I still, yeah, have to memorize it. Still thinking. Still thinking. Um, and it's really good. And we're going to be diving into a lot of stuff again. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Papa, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We thank you for the privilege of gathering together with brothers and sisters to celebrate and worship you. 
Help us to never take that blessing for granted. As we settle in your presence this morning, Lord, we are here for you. It's not the other way around. We are here to worship you, to proclaim your greatness, to thank you for all that you're doing. And all we can do is sit here and flabbergasted a wonder that you love us. So we thank you for what you've been doing in us, for the works you've been stirring inside of us. We thank you for what you're going to do in us today. We say yes and we give you permission, God, to continue the good work, to use us as your hands and feet. Papa, empower us to show your love each day. We want to continue bringing lost kids back into your family. To share the love that you've shown us to others. You are so, so good to us. We love you and we thank you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord God, give your people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the evil one, and to follow you, the only wise God, with pure hearts and minds. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Pastor Fran? On the night is betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. Same I took the cup. So last night of the Passover celebration, cups of plagues and sanctification and poured celebrated. Jesus took the third cup to cup redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There were his friends that night. Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance, remembrance that we call communion of the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake in this meal, I want you to remember me. Says friends got this morning, we too can partake in this meal, the bread and the cup, the bind of the Lord. Remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. I want to remember how he died and rose again. I want to remember with all thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table, the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. Says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter now into our time of worship. And I always try to encourage us to sing out. Lift your voices. Participate as we praise the Lord here in this place today. He is worthy of our praise. We're going to hopefully see the words on the screen so we can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit, stand if you're able, and make way for the King of Heaven.
for the King of Heaven. He is rising like the sun. Make way for the King of Heaven. He has come to meet with us. Way through the King of Heaven, He is riding on the clouds. Make way for the King of Heaven, He is coming for us now. We sing holy. Yeah. 
And you broke the curse for our freedom. Oh, Jesus, you alone. Come on. You rose from death with the morning. And you're come again in your glory. Oh, Jesus, you
are so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children today. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, everyone. So good to see you, boys and girls. God's children. So happy. Okay, so today's an amazing story, guys. 
And you can find this true story in three of the four books of four gospels. Close. Matthew, Mark, and John. You can find the story in those three ones, okay? Not Luke today, no. Yeah, so it's going to be an amazing story. You guys ready to listen? Okay, so it was a couple days before the Passover. And the Passover celebration was when God's people remembered how he delivered them from slavery in Egypt, right? So it was a couple days before that. Hello, ma'am. And hi. Aw. And, um, and Jesus went to the town of Bethany. And guess who lived in Bethany? His friend Lazarus. Remember how Lazarus was raised from the dead by Jesus? Yes. And he lived there with his two sisters, Mary and Martha. And one day, Jesus <clears throat> was invited by a friend to have a meal. And while he was there at the table relaxing, Mary came to see him. And she bought with her a jar. Can you imagine a jar in my hand? Right? And inside the jar was very expensive oil. Right? And the oil smelled good, like perfume. Do you guys like perfume? I like perfume, right? Yes, it was, right? And guess what Mary did? She took it. And she broke it, and she poured the oil over Jesus' head and his feet because she loved him, right? But guess what? Not everybody saw it this way. His friends were very upset. They thought, this is very expensive oil. Mary should have sold this and given the money to people who are poor, right? They said Mary did her a silly, silly thing, right? And they were telling her that she did a wrong thing. But Jesus said, leave her alone, right? She has done a beautiful thing to me, right? Jesus said, you will always have the poor to take care of, right? But you won't have me that long, right? Jesus was going to go away, right? He knew he was going to die. And by pouring oil on Jesus, Mary was getting his body ready for burial. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. And Jesus told them in Matthew 26, verse 13, Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her, right? Mary did a good thing to Jesus, right? She was worshiping Jesus. She was loving on him. And Jesus is most important, right? More valuable than that jar of expensive oil, right? Yes, it's more valuable. And he deserves to be praised, right? Amen? Cool. Thumbs up. Good. All right. Are you guys ready to help everyone hear the Bible verse? Okay. Let's repeat after me. Matthew 26, 13. Matthew 26, 13. Excellent work, guys. Okay, ready? Truly, I tell you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed, in the whole world, 
what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Very good, boys and girls. Good job, you guys. Good job. The children are getting stickers because God is a reward. A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Some are more excited than others. And uh, Pastor Georgina will pray for them and we'll send them off to Children's Church. There you go. I love it. There you go. You love it. We love you. Thank you. Okay. There's a Bucky's t-shirt in our midst. I just want to say. All right, guys. Are you ready? We're going to pray now. Ready, Ozzy? Are you excited? We're going to pray now, so we're going to close our eyes and think about the Lord. Ready? One, two, three. Father in heaven, thank you for this day. Thank you for the children, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that they will worship you with all of their minds, all of their hearts, Lord God, all of their souls, Lord God, that they will realize that you deserve all the glory, all the praise, Lord God, because you created all things, Lord, in Jesus' name. What do we say, boys and girls? Amen. Amen. Good job, you guys. Thank you, Pastor Georgina. Let's go. Maybe it... Have fun. Welcome to the vineyard. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Lots of kids, which is a good time probably to plug Fall Festival, which is coming up. (laughs) Fall Festival is an event we do every year. We've done it for years. Uh, We uh, take all the chairs out of the sanctuary. We put in all of our bounce houses and other games. And then we invite the community in, and that's on a Friday, October 27th. I think it's 5.30 to 8 is the time for that. Um, And so a couple of things. We need volunteers for that event. That event takes 50, 60 people. It's just a big event. There's hundreds of people here, kids. Uh, If you can help us with that, then on the app, there's a place where you could let us know you were coming. But we've got until the 27th, so uh, I, I will keep mentioning it. The other thing we need, though, that we sort of need to get on quicker than that is candy. So corporately, we buy a whole bunch of candy. I have it coming, but it's the filler candy. Uh, so that I think there's 25,000 pieces of candy. And of it that. will be gone. Yeah, and that doesn't even touch what we no. need. So uh, if you can bring candy over the next few weekends and deposit it into those yellow cans back there, that's what they're for. We'd be really appreciate so it. so grateful. And uh, I always tell people, because I, I, I heard this, we did this a long time. Yeah. People, well, I bought a bag of candy, but then I opened it, yeah. and I ate some, and then I felt bad. And I'm like... I don't care. Just bring what's left and then buy another bag and bring that too. Yeah. Just make sure they're all individually wrapped. Help yourselves. What an excuse. Go Go for it. What's your favorite Halloween candy, honey? Uh, Peanut M&M's. Oh, you had that loaded. It's yeah. Because she asked last and I don't, I don't know. I'm not a huge candy. Here's what happens with me in candy. So like, I love peanut M&M's. That's the honest. Mm -hmm. But the thing Mm -hmm. is, I, I can't eat one or two, yep. like a regular person does. So somebody gave me a big jar for my birthday. It's still there. I don't eat them well, because... Well, there's this much left. Well, that's it. I, I don't think it's... Well, I don't know. Yeah. 
grandkids so, coming over. The problem the is... The grandkids. He blamed the grandkids. I don't oh, know wow. if anybody else is like this. I'm, I'm not happy having three or four. No. I'd rather have none. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. So but it's that's very what happens. sad. Yeah. So, yeah. So don't buy me peanut m and Bring them here. <laughs> Put them in the bin. Put them in the bin. Right. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Where are we? I'm off track. That... QR code will take you to a space spot on our website that has about a half a dozen links. One of them is for our Connect card, digital Connect card. If you never filled it out, please do that. Another one would be for the fill-in notes. You should get those. There's a couple of images I'll be showing yeah. today that are on there that I'd like you to think about this week. There's also a link for listening assistance that if you have your, um, if you can't hear as, as well as you'd like to, I, I relate. Yeah. Uh, you can pipe it through your phone and it'll pop in your ears, everything that I'm saying. Also, the, the translation is there. We translate this service and the next service into 30 different languages. Fascinating what we can do these days. Uh, the link for that is there. You can also use that if you're watching online uh, and it, you can, it's available to you while it's live. Very it's only cool. live at 9 yeah. That's very cool. So all those links are there. Use them. We pray for our neighbors corporately whenever we gather. I still want you to be doing that and pray for the people around you. But I thought we'd just change it up just, just for today. Uh, and let's uh, use this time. And, and we're going to pray for the mess over in, in the Middle East, okay? And so, uh, Lord, we, we lift up that situation to you. Uh, and the, the, just the sadness of it and the tragedy. And we ask that you would, uh, your presence be very real, that you would mourn those who are grieving, just horrific loss. Um, we ask God that you would uh, just bring peace in, in the place of the fear uh, that, that you know, the terror tries to strike. And we know that it's the enemy that's behind that. And, and ask God that you would overwhelm that somehow with your amazing love. And, and God, that uh, this situation, it's just, Lord, the, the images and stuff are so hard to see. And we ask that you would move on it all in a very real way, in ways we can't even begin to imagine. And God, give wisdom to the, the, the people in, in you know, trying to straighten it out and deal with it. And God, bring comfort and peace to all those affected, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're continuing on in a series called Kingdom Revealed. We're in part two. And uh, I'll be moving back. So we've got to review some of what we already talked about. This, this Kingdom Revealed all came from one of the storyline pieces in the last series. We broke right. the Bible storyline into eight chunks. And now I feel like we need to expand each one of those chunks and just talk about what's going on. So this is sort of an in-depth look in Genesis uh, chapters 1 and 2. So that's where we'll be heading. Uh, we're talking about creation next, next week, week after or the week after that. I'm going to... One of the things that you need to see are some of the repetitive themes. Okay. And trees are a big deal. Yes. And we'll be talking about that in the future. So I have a couple of tree jokes. But they're really bad. So. What did the tree say when spring finally arrived? <sighs> Not a clue. What a relief. Relief? <laughs> relief. 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 Why shouldn't you trust trees? They seem a little shady. I'm done. Okay. Please pray for us. Lead us in the reading of the word. I'm going to try. Let's pray, shall we? And then we'll read the word together. Mm, Papa. Lord, what a comfort it is to be in your presence and to be with your people. Lord, sometimes we live in a world where darkness obscures your beautiful face. And Lord, we will rely in those moments on your unfailing grace. 
And may it just flow through all of us here today and all of those that are watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today, is, like Steve said, is out of Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit. Okay, so as we begin our look here in the, just the first two chapters of the Bible, there is so much developed. Uh, there are so many themes that happen here that will be referred to throughout the rest of the Bible. And, and so really, if, if we can sort of get a really good understanding of the first two chapters, the first three chapters, it sets the stage for understanding the whole Bible. And, and so we started that last week as we sort of looked at what I think is going on in Genesis 1, and we'll, we'll do a quick review of that here uh, in just a moment. But over the next little bit of time, you'll see there's some themes that we have to talk about to understand. And then as you see them, as you read, you, you need to make the connection back to Genesis 1 and 2. creation, Because so much of the Bible is tying back in. Like when you read the Psalms, most of the Psalms have a connection back to creation. That If you're not looking for it, you don't see it. And so, as I said in the beginning, we've got to talk a little about trees. Trees play a big deal. We've got to talk about rivers. Rivers play a big deal. Mountains play a big deal. And uh, what's going on? Gardens are a big deal. Uh, all sorts of things happen in gardens. So, we'll talk about those uh, together here in the next few weeks as we press on. And, we, and next week, we get into Genesis 2. We'll start it. Fascinating Genesis 2. Uh, and, and, but I, I need to introduce a couple of things and quick sort of go back to what we were at at Genesis 1 to make sure that's kind of settled on you. Genesis 1 is the ideal, and, and everything sort of moves out of that. God's ideal. Remember, but, but I've, said, I've said it lots, not just in last week, but that God's heart was to, uh, on this planet, He creates a cosmic temple, a place where heaven and earth connect. He, he's there, and His human family, that's us, we're there, and His divine family, spiritual family, whatever we're going to call them, they're there. And we all enjoy each other, and we go this way forever and ever. And that's the heart of God. We mess that up, and you'll see some of the spiritual family messes that up as well uh, in, in the coming chapters. But that when we get to the end of the Bible, that's what we're heading back to, God's ideal, Revelation 21 and 22. In fact, I, I haven't told the other groups that. If, you, if you're looking for an interesting thing to do, read Genesis 1 and 2, just quickly, you know, sit there and read it, and then go read... Revelation 21 and 22 right after it. And then do it again. And if you really can't do it a third time, especially if there's a couple of you, and it's amazing the connections that will start to pop out to you uh, as we go on. Because the, the book is amazingly connected throughout. And, and you, you sort of need to have that idea. So this particular image I saw, I don't know, a while ago. Uh, huh? He did say, Pastor Billy sent it, and uh, it's been floating around for a bit on the internet. 
And uh, it's in the notes. It's just something to look at and think about. One of, the th- one of my new expressions is, and what I'm, I'm hoping to do with this series is just kind of encourage you to have a think. I like that. Have a think. And this is something to think about. And what this is, what this chart represents, are cross-references in the Bible. Just under 64,000. I think it's 63,799 cross-references are on there. And the way that the chart works is along the bottom are all the chapters in the Bible. Uh, and they're, they're, they're hard to see, but they're delineated. So there's a, one white and gray, white, gray, all the way along the bottom. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible, 929 in the Old Testament, 260 in the New Testament. They're all there. And the length of that line tells you how many verses there are in the chapter. And so if you read the Bible, there's one long line there in the middle. You, you, if you're, that's Psalm 119 because it's got the most verses in it. And then you can see everything else. Then what happens is they start doing these cross-references in different colors to the chapters and verses. And depending on the length, it changed the color. Uh, and you can see that there's a whole lot of references from the beginning to the end and from the end to the beginning and then all in between and all over the place. Why does that fascinate me? The Bible is so much more incredible than most people think. It's divinely inspired literature. And this, this all took place over 1,500 years with 40 different authors, but inspired by God. And God is obviously amazing. And look, I mean, so if today we would call those cross-references on the, on the Internet, we'd call them hyperlinks. Right? Because you, that, we have hyperlinks now. You're reading something, there's a link, boom, you push it, and now you've got a whole new set of things. That's what was going on in this ancient text on scrolls, and they, they knew how these things referenced each other. Fascinating. And they caught the stories. And what you need to see is that there's these themes that run throughout the Bible, and, and the, the writers kept sort of taking the theme, and then they would, they would give it to us again. And it brings us always back to the idea that we need Jesus. We needed someone to rescue us. We needed a Savior. We, we, we kept not getting it quite right. And, and that ultimately God would come and take care of it. He'd come in the flesh and, and fix the problem. But everything is pointing back there. And you, it's so important that you begin to get that and understand it. And, and that it would help you hold it in context. So I know I'm kind of digging into some stuff slowly here. I just think it's so important that we grab a hold and we really are settled in some of these ideas. Uh, and when I introduced this in the last series, I said just these two chapters, and there's so many things we're going to talk about. But the things that I, I want you to remember all the time are the idea of creation and, and cosmology, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then ultimately what was happening was this cosmic temple, we'll talk about in a minute. Imagers are introduced, that's us, and we'll talk about that. And lastly, it was about the little E Elohim, and we'll bring them back into the story here in a little bit. So uh, let's talk about cosmology as we get going once again, because this is a big deal when you read Genesis 1. Cosmology is, is a compound word, cosmos and logos. Uh, cosmos means universe, and logos means word. You, you, it's the logos, it pops up all the time in script, means word. But in, in, when it's connected like this, it's, it's sort of a, an account of the universe, cosmology. And let me say this, that you all have one. We all have a cosmology. We all have come to a spot in ourselves that we've sort of rested on when it comes to the order of the universe. 
if we went around the room, we might have different cosmologies, but you've got one. You've, you've, you've had to sort of settle it at some level. Some of it might be in great length, some, some big depth, some of you, some, eh, okay, I don't know, it's there, planets, they're floating around. Uh, but you have a cosmology. But our cosmology, our understanding of the universe and now is different than it was to the original hearers of 1400 BC. They had the, another understanding of how the universe was ordered. They had a different account of the universe. And that's what's being, that's what their story is. That's what the story is. And God knew, brilliant God, as He did all this, that we would be able to understand how they were looking at it so we could make sense of the story. But if you refuse to do that and you continue to force our current cosmology onto the Bible text, you miss the story. And lots of people have missed the story. And it's sad because it's amazing. You just have to know that when they were thinking of universe, really it was heaven and earth. And I've said those realms that we, those are realms, not places. Don't, don't pin them to places. It's the heavenly realm, which would be where the spiritual or angelic sort of family, that's where their address is. And you have the earthly realm, that's our address. And that God's heart was to make it so that they connected. And that stays throughout the story. We look at this heaven and earth connection all the time. So I bring it up again because I, I know that that's a struggle. It's, I, I have to struggle through it too. I have an understanding of things. And sometimes when I'm reading the scripture, I'll try and force my understanding onto it. And it's not what it should be. And, and so this is significant that we sort of get a hold of that. Somebody in, showed me a text, uh, a social media thread and they were having a fit about something they were taking out of context in the whole story. And it just reminded me again. It was like almost mean. They were attacking the Bible, but they were taking it all out of context. And this is why it's imperative for us to know the story and, and, and then love well. That's something that we've lost. I've said that in the last series. I'm going to say it again. If, if, if anything else, I have this thought that the better you know the Bible story, the more loving you'll become. And that what the world needs is for us to know the story and to love well. And we've lost how to love. I, I think a lot of it is our, our different understanding of things, all the different logi things that we have in our life. If someone thinks of something differently than we do, we, we can't, we dismiss them. We write them off. And that's, when someone disagrees with how you believe, I think that should be your, your sort of trigger to love them more. Not less. Not write them off. But that's not how we do things anymore culturally. And the enemy knows that. And so he divides us over sort of our understanding of things. So we have to press in and figure out really what's going on so that we can love well. That, that the world, the people need us to do those things and to love well. Regardless of what our understanding is. So we have those different logos things, right? Different ologies. Like, so be thinking, you know, theologies, we, dis, we divide on theologies all the time when we should be able to at least get to Jesus. That's the main thing. And then from there, the rest of it can work out. We have anthropologies, the way we, you know, understand people. You have an eschatology, how you think the end is going to work. Um, there, there's, uh, you know, there's a ton of them, right? There's politology, which is a very big divider. That's political science stuff. And just how, how that divides people nowadays. So I had this joke. I haven't shared it with the other groups, but I, 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 I thought this was really good. And maybe it's not. You can tell me. It's a joke. 
Once I saw this guy on a bridge about to jump, and I said, don't do it. He said, well, nobody loves me. I said, God loves you. Do you believe in God? He said, yes. And I said, well, are you, are you Christian or are you Jewish? And he said, well, I'm a Christian. And I said, me too. Protestant or Catholic? He said, Protestant. I said, me too. What denomination? He said, vineyard. I said, me too. Northern vineyard or southern vineyard? He said, well, northern vineyard. And I said, me too. Northern conservative vineyard or northern liberal vineyard? And he said, northern conservative vineyard. And I said, me too. Northern conservative Great Lakes region or northern conservative vineyard eastern region? And he said, northern conservative vineyard Great Lakes region. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Vineyard Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Northern Conservative Vineyard Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. And he said, Northern Conservative Vineyard Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. And I said, die heretic. And I pushed him off the bridge. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I, it's, fu- it's funny because it's, you get it, right? How true it is. And, and listen, I, I have some, you know, I, we need to get, the Bible is pointing at Jesus and people need to know Jesus in order to have life. I'm there. But the stuff that divides us is often not those things. It's all this other stuff. And we got to love well and hang out. And if I say some things even today that cause you to, like, you've never heard that before? Don't, just go with it. Have a think. The Bible should cause you to think. And, and what we do now, I think, and this is what happens, is we read it, and if we don't understand it, instead of thinking about it, we push it away. And what it should do is draw you into relationship with God. You should, when you, you should just have a think. Take a walk, have a coffee, and ask God, I don't understand. He's waiting for that kind of relationship with you. It's divinely inspired. This, this book will last you a lifetime. You can never ever get it all in. You can read it every day and there will be something to help you there to draw you closer to God and make you love well. That's the idea. And that's what we're heading towards as we go. So last week we talked about a cosmic temple. And uh, I said that's what's happening in Genesis 1. It's a picture of a temple being built. And then God comes and fills the temple. And, and Genesis 2, remember those first three verses I said really belong at the end of Genesis 1. Sometimes we get funny addresses. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day God had finished the work he'd been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all his work of creating he had done. And most people have read that and thought God took a day off. He was tired. That's why we should all take a day off. The picture is he, in six days, he creates this cosmic temple. And on the seventh day, he rests on it. His presence rests on it. He fills it. It's the ideal of what God wanted. The story that we've talked about. That's what's happened. And there's all sorts of references to seven. But at that point, heaven and earth are connected. Everything is the way it's supposed to be. That's God's ideal. He has his human family in place. We'll see in a moment. The, the angels are there. The, the spiritual family. God is there. His presence is there. And everything is set up to go like that, which is the heart of God. And, and that's so important of what's going on. And that was the chart that I made. And uh, you have that. It's there in your notes in this last week. And uh, please have a think about the chart. 
Because even last week when I introduced the first day there and I talked about time, and I said, you should have a think about time because time is fascinating because we, didn't, we couldn't measure it until we had night and day. We didn't have night and day to day one. What was, those are great thoughts. I encourage them. I, I have my own sort of ideas, but you should have yours. Well, what's going on? Because things are happening. There's a whole, the, the, you'll see in a moment, the angel family was there. Anyway, have a think. This, the problem, often in Scripture, the problem is introduced and the problem is solved and everything in the middle is doing it. The problem was that the earth was formless and empty. That was the problem introduced by the writer. How God's going to resolve it? He's going to form it and fill it. And that's what's happening in Genesis 1. Those first three days are God forming, adding these, I called them domains because I didn't want to use realm again. He's adding these sort of spaces, if you would, in, in this cosmic temple. He gets time going in day one. He gets the skies and the seas in day two. He gets land and plants in day three. And then day four, fascinatingly, he begins to fill what he's made because sun, moon, and stars fill perfectly day one. What a coincidence. Do you ever think of sun, moon, and stars as creatures, part of the creation? Have a think. Fascinating stuff. Day five, birds and fish. Boom, perfectly fill. Did I say birds and fish? Skies and sea. Creation, everything that was created is a creature at some level. It's worth a think. Have a think. Pretty fascinating, right? Animals and humans, day six, what do they fill? Perfectly, land. Plants are there for food. We're vegetarians until Genesis 9. And then God opens up the animals after the ark. Pretty interesting, right? Problems, problems solved. God comes and rests. It's God's ideal. All is well. Have a think. Now, two other things I want to do quickly uh, before we finish today. And then get, that gets us ready for next week, Genesis 2. We're imagers. What does that mean? To be created in the image of God. And, and I, I just think it's important that we think about it if we haven't a little differently. God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And, and, and so... I've been asked lots and lots, well, what does it mean? Are we, do we look like God? What does it mean to be created in the image of God? And obviously there's going to be some family resemblance uh, of what's going on. But that's not what he's getting at. You, you, if, the best way to understand this is to think of image as a verb. You're imagers. You reflect God on the planet. You're called to partner with God on the planet. That's his heart. God created us to be his co-laborers on the planet. He created it and he wanted us to maintain it and take care of it. He gives us enough of his attributes that we can do that really well because he wants us to make and do well. He wants us to perform well. And that's the heart of God. So you're his imager. And, and that's what that looks like. That's what it means. And we're, we're supposed to do. Does God need us to do that? Well, no. God could do it himself. But that's not how God is. God loves to partner with his families to get things done. It's just the heart of God. And we see it over and over again. And so that we're to take care of the creation and and represent him on the planet. In the New Testament, we find out we're the royal priesthood. That's all tied in there, but we'll, we'll get there as we go. So hang on to that idea of image and what that means. And we're going to really explore that next week when we get into Genesis 2. And uh, what's going on? Lastly, last little group I need to bring in here is the Elohim. Um, 
except for the text on the slide. That should be a little e, Elohim, all right? Elohim is a, it's a word in the scripture that pops up. And you may have heard it because sometimes God is referred to as Elohim. And God is Elohim, but he's El Elohim. He's the Elohim. Um, there is no other Elohim like God, Elohim. But the angels uh, are also called Elohim. Little e, Elohim. It's more of a genre than it is anything. It's the, the beings whose address would be in the heavenly realms. Those are all Elohim, okay? But, but no one is like God. There's only one big G God in this whole deal. But there are other spiritual beings. I, I think people would agree with that. They know them as angels. What's going on? And the Elohim are in play here, I think. Um, well, I know. Bef- before he begins creation, because they witness it in the book of Job. But I actually think they're in another spot. And, and you, can, you can look at this verse, and you don't have to agree with what I'm about to say. That's okay. Because <clears throat> a lot of people have an understanding of this, which is fine. Um, but let me just sort of run something by you. In Genesis 1.26, it says, God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Um, let us, he says there, make man in our image. I'm sorry, I've got to clear my throat. Let us make man in our image. So, uh, unless you really like the gravelly voice thing, but I wasn't, I wasn't happening. wasn't happening. Uh, <laughs> who's God talking to? Let us. Now, when I went first time through Bible school and early on, and it was pretty well understood that for most people that was a reference to the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let us, and that's what's going on. It, it certainly could be. I think there's a far better reference to Trinity earlier on in Genesis, right? Like in chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, because God is there, the Spirit is there, and when He speaks, the Word is there, and we know the Word is Jesus from John 1, 18. So, so we have all that... Um, of 14. We have all that in place already. But what's going on? Well, I think who he's talking to there is his, uh, the spiritual family, the divine family. I, when I say divine, I think it gives them too much power. They have powers, but, but uh, not, not like God. And, um, and the reason I say that is from this psalm. It's really cool. Have to think about this. I'm almost done. Psalm 82. It's not in the notes. And uh, let me find it. I should mark this, shouldn't I? I think here's what's going on let me find a marker you love those things God verse 1 Psalm 82 presides I should change that so you're not looking at that sorry I don't have it I know perfect God presides in the great assembly he tend he renders judgment among the gods little g gods well what is that all about and in and, and some translations, the council of the little g-gods. And God is there, and there's these little g-gods. The Elohim are there. The word is actually Elohim. And he, throughout Old Testament, you'll see him having these discussions with the, the spiritual family that he's got, the angels. And they're, they're happening here. Little g-gods, sons of God, Elohim. And to me, he's, in Genesis, we're just having that discussion. He's having a discussion. And this is what he's saying. Listen, I'm going to make this human family. It's going to be really cool. You all are going to enjoy one another. And most of them are like, yay, and some of them aren't. And we'll find the ones that aren't starting in Genesis chapter 3, who think it's not a great plan. They like it the way they don't want to change. Sometimes, you ever hear, anybody here ever struggle with change? 
Some of them are like, we don't want that. So I think that's what's going on, and, and that's certainly worth having a think. But uh, the, these are the angels, if you would. Most of you know them by angels, the Elohim, but they're also called the sons of God, is how it's translated a lot of time. Children of God, sometimes in the Old Testament. That's what we're looking at. It's God's spiritual family, if you would, his divine family. And um, look in the beginning of Job. This is Job 38. And Job is fascinating. Job is actually written, it looks timeline-wise, before Genesis was written. It's not that the events happened before Genesis, because that's in the beginning, but the actually writing happened before. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimension? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstones? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels... Elohim shouted for joy. He's talking about Job. He's talking to Job. He's talking about creation. And the Elohim are there as part of it. So, so be aware that that's what's going on. Uh, when you see those things, we'll talk about them more. And remember this before we, you know, as we press on. Last thing. So God's heart. The heart of God. Genesis 1. The ideal. God wants to dwell with his human family and his heavenly family on this planet in a perfect way forever. That's the heart of God. We mess that up, but at the end it all comes back to the ideal. And that's what we're heading towards. So think about that, and then we'll start adding some things next week. There's a lot to add. Okay, so stick with me, and if, if, I, if I said anything that you go, hmm, have a think, and then remember the bad joke that I told. <laughs> Don't push me off the bridge. That would be bad. Ministry team, those of you who want to head over the wall, people in wherever there, they're here to pray for you. Uh, listen, if you, this amazing story, Jesus invites you into it. He's done everything that needed to happen for you to have life in this story. You just have to say yes to Jesus. I, I've had this thought recently as we've been talking that, that you're formed, but apart from Jesus yet, you're not filled. And he wants to fill you so that you can have life with him forever. You do that by saying yes to Jesus. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? It's the best decision you will ever Make, don't wait another moment. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? Amen. Good word. I'm looking forward to hearing about trees. And I love those last few chapters of Job where God is like, do you, I just go back and read those if ever you need to feel small <laughs> and in your right spot. Who are God. you? Who? <laughs> I, nothing. Um, I, had a, I had a word during worship, that there's somebody either here or you're watching online, I'm not sure, but you're really weary. And you would, I, you just said that to yourself, I'm so weary. And everything that happens, big or small, is probably hitting you really hard. The Lord just wants to encourage you today. So if any of you need prayer for that, get it. Get encouraged. I, I felt like the Lord said, I am the one that restores your soul. And he will. So just be encouraged today. Amen. Amen. Think about trees. Think, have a think. Have a think. Yeah, have a think. Also, I, I had this thought that, uh, that there, there's some of us may be struggling with, I would call it sort of a, a little hard-heartedness. There's just some places where you've gotten harder than, than you used to be or that you'd like to be. And I feel like God wants to bring a softening to hearts. Uh, heart 
transplants and harder, you know, softer hearts. And, and if, you would, if you have a sense that maybe you've just met a little more edge than, than you would really like to have, I, I pray, God, that you, you would just move now in the hearts of people and bring a softening and, a, and, a, and grace and mercy and love and joy and hope and, and God, an excitement even about who you are in this life. And, and Lord, I pray that blessing on each one uh, that's here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church, for uh, your amazing generosity and for your faithfulness to giving, tithing, offering. There's some ways up there to be a part of all of that. Let's sing doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures, here below. Praise Him above ye heaven behold. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. These doors will be open for you. Head out that way. Prayer team is over there. They'll make sure that you get prayer if you need it. Looks like a nice day. Have some fun out there. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind to each other in the parking lot. See you later. Bye. I pushed too many buttons. Bye.